Welcome to the Resources for Integrated Care webinar, Safe and Effective Use of Medications in Older Adults. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on April 18, 2018. In this podcast, Tom von Sternberg, Senior Medical Director at Health Partners, discusses medication use among older adults. So we really want to help this presentation uh, relate more to your roles as care managers, care coordinators, uh, health plan uh, uh, individuals who are trying to get their hands on how to look at uh, patients at risk for these issues. And then again, at adverse drug reactions, adverse drug episodes, uh, again, are what we're trying to avoid. Next slide, please. There is really no better way to do that than to look at a couple of case examples. And so we'll talk about a couple of patients, both in my presentation and in Donna's coming next. But Mrs. Smith, a patient that you all may well be familiar with. She's about 87 years old. She's been falling. She's complaining of joint pain. She's got some memory issues. She's, on a good day, already impaired with her self-care and her ADLs. She had an episode of rectal bleeding uh, a couple of days ago, didn't tell anybody about it. She was in the ER just last month because she fell and had a laceration. Uh, her blood thinning levels were uh, outside the uh, recommended range. And then she was also given another drug for a new condition uh, that also had some impact. Next slide. Um, clinicians that manage complex frail elders are pretty used to seeing this uh, uh, view of a patient, this is the conditions, the ongoing chronic conditions that Mrs. Smith is trying to manage with her team of doctors. Uh, I also would point out as we're talking about this work, this is uh, absolutely imperative that we know there are multiple clinicians involved in helping manage uh, complex frail seniors, especially our dual eligible population. specialists, primary care, mental health providers, and as well, the number of clinicians involved during transitions, hospital medicine physicians, transitional care physicians, et cetera. So a a list of 20 chronic conditions of which each of them is substantial on its own. Next slide, please. Uh, As uh, we already mentioned, each of them have an indication for uh, a potentially effective medication, but also a medication that has potential both side effects and drug-drug interactions. The role of us in this space of care coordination, care management, and and looking at populations is, well, boy, I can't know details about each of these drugs, but as we just heard, it's both the class of drugs and those that have the greatest risk to try and have us feature and be paying attention to. And so from that perspective, the idea of, boy, when we're at 20 medications, including prescriptions and non-prescription medications, it really does uh, kind of give that example of this is an individual and a situation that does really uh, deserve and would benefit from that assessment. Next slide, please. So the idea of the challenge to that primary care physician, his or her specialist colleagues and our hospital colleagues is this individual patient has themselves 20 chronic conditions. Therefore, medications then simply multiply. Um, The difference in how the body responds to medications changes over age. Uh, Another important perspective to have as you become more familiar with the world of geriatric medicine and caring for frail elders, there is really not strong evidence for the kinds of results and 
uh, impact that uh, medications have been shown to have in a frail older population. So much of the decision-making about choice of treatment is not based on evidence for that 85-year-old, but it is presumed to have similar impact as it was studied on a 60-year-old. We also absolutely must remember that the capacity for any individual to, to comply, understand, remember, and take that full array of medications simply is not possible. And even with Medicare Part D coverage, and even in a dual eligible population that has their uh, medications paid for, costs and burden continue to be a struggle for patients to get their medications in a timely fashion and to even uh, understand which medications are even due for refills. And always, supplements uh, and over-the-counter medications recommended by clinicians, but also that patients and families on their own take, have to be considered. Next slide. Some statistics that reinforce what you already heard. You know, again, this is simply where the action is for polypharmacy and multiple medications. Uh, and that uh, massive portions of the population that we are coordinating, that you're helping to care for, uh, are in this space of multiple medications with over-the-counter use and um, the idea that there are additional uh, supplements uh, out there that we need to be aware of. And this is evidence from 2010, but uh, again, if it was studied uh, more recently, we would see the same numbers. Uh, next slide, please. Definition uh, for the day, polypharmacy is five or more uh, regularly prescribed medications. Uh, and that by direct result, that leads to potential for unnecessary medications and that um, the Therefore, the harm and the risk uh, is there. So I think, again, we use five as a cutoff. People can have issues with medications that are less than five total. But still, this is part of our, our framework that we try to emphasize. Next slide, please. Um, the, the fact that such a majority of our patients are on these larger arrays of medications and results in what we've talked about, the one emphasis here, I think, is quality of life and simply burden. Uh, next slide. This issue of quality of life and burden, uh, again, uh, fatigue, constipation, um, drowsiness, poor quality sleep, uh, difficulty with self-care, lower energy, uh, bowel and bladder issues, and cognition. These are the kinds of things we'd like to lessen for our frail elders. Um, next slide. Um, so again, the idea, no surprise, uh, massive percentages of this population are experiencing adverse uh, events because of medication use. Um, emergency room trips, hospitalizations. Uh, I think this last dot point is, is quite uh, sobering. You know, 30% or more of uh, elderly patients who are admitted to the hospital are there because of the contribution of an adverse drug event. Next slide, please. So as we showed in our previous, kind of that purple slide, if you remember those classes of drugs, again, no surprise, the recurring theme is there are higher risk medications than others. And that our role from a care coordination perspective and that population view, again, is not to become experts in anticoagulations, but know that those are the medications that we want to emphasize to get patients exposed to drug reviews, pharmacy support, uh, and attention to the risk of transitions where those medications can be changed. On the right side here, though, very important, 
the idea of the most dangerous medications, these three uh, clearly have the highest risk. Warfarin being an anticoagulation drug used for uh, uh, stroke prevention is extremely challenging to use properly and safely. Insulin for diabetes, uh, commonly used for decades, but for frail elders can have significant consequences of low sugar uh, and consequences like that. And then digoxin, an, uh, a medication used for heart rhythm difficulties, again, high risk for uh, side effects, although can be effective to help patients with heart conditions. Next slide. So, Mrs. Smith, is she at risk for adverse drug events? And everybody has already made their uh, decision by saying yes. She's got more than six chronic diseases. She's on massive different medications. Uh, she indeed is struggling with uh, uh, renal function being diminished. Uh, her nutrition more than likely is suffering. And she's had previous uh, adverse drug events already. Next slide. Why is she at risk? Because she is navigating her eighth and ninth decade, accumulating all of these chronic conditions with well-intended clinicians uh, offering up uh, potential treatments for each of those conditions. And again, multiple prescribers in that same vein. I think, again, one of our strategies has to be to consider how we can have clinicians talk to each other more, and the role of care coordination and care management can really help emphasize the fact of we have to get some uh, better cooperation amongst the variety of people involved in these prescribing uh, arenas. Physiologic changes are important. Um, the changes that occur with aging about uh, diminished capacity and tolerance to, to medications, decreased reserve capacity means the tolerance to any end organ that's being treated simply doesn't have the reserve to put up with stresses of either medication or the illness itself. Next slide. Um, our body changes, our fat, water, and muscle distribution as we age. That affects how medications impact our bodies. Our brains become much more sensitive. Conditions of heart, kidney, and nerve, again, those conditions lessen the tolerance to the potential side effects of other classes of medications not being used for those conditions. And that the idea of the same amount of drug uh, and a frail elder in individual will have a significantly greater effect uh, than it will in a younger individual. This concept you've heard before, starting low and going slow, um, and again, reviewing that patient's list of medications, are they on the lowest dose possible? And from the deprescribing perspective, as we've already heard, do they really need to be on that, that medication? Next slide. We pay a little bit more particular attention to the aging kidney because so many of the medications we use are metabolized and filtered and excreted by the kidney. And so uh, that with normal aging uh, slows down and that impaired kidney function because of conditions like diabetes also results in uh, more challenge. And so again, longer uh, therapeutic uh, effect and stronger side effects will occur. Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Loon Group and is supported through the Medicare-Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes the full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated, coordinated care, 
MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about our current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care.